Hey, this is Scott Taylor. I am so glad that you have joined us. I'm the pastor of Turning Point Church, and we would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at TPCGVL, or you could text the word CONNECT to 864-479-4483. We've got a word for you today that I hope challenges you and inspires you. Today was going to be Vision Sunday, but with all the circumstances that have happened with so many of our leaders and people that are out this week, uh, we decided to move that to next week. So next week, I hope that you'll be here for Vision Sunday and that you will be part of what God is doing because we feel like God has really directed us on doing some things for Him. And we're going to tell you what those things are, and we're going to take an evaluation of where we are with what God has told us to do. And that's a really good report, because leading into Easter, we'll talk about that next week, but leading into Easter, we set some objectives. Don't really like to say the word goals, but we set some objectives for us as a church, and uh, we achieved great many of those. So next week, this coming Sunday now is going to be Vision Sunday. I hope that you'll be here because I know the word that God has laid on my heart for next week is very, very important to us, for us, for you. So I hope that you will be here next Sunday and see where you fit in what God has called us to do. God has, has given me some very specific direction and He's really, really impressed upon me um, now in my 45-minute drive in the morning and at night, in the evening, uh, he's really impressed upon me on what I should be doing and what we need to be doing as a church. So I hope that you'll join us next week. It's really, really important that you do that. Today, we are going to shift gears. I'm shifting gears. You don't know this, but I do. Um, up until yesterday, I was going to go with the vision message for uh, that we'll be talking about next week, but I just felt like we needed to shift. I uh, felt like we needed to shift, and so last night, this morning, God really sought the Lord on what to talk to about us to us about today, and this is it. What happens when your brook dries up? What happens when you're living, listen to me, when you're living in the gap of your expectation and reality? Anybody ever said this? I thought things would be different by now. I thought that when I got here, life would be this way. But instead, maybe you thought that you would be through what you're going through by now. Maybe you thought that you would be over what you're going through by now. Maybe you thought that your kids would be normal by now. It, it happens eventually, trust me. Maybe you thought that your spouse would have turned the corner by now. Maybe you thought that the illness that you thought was going to be temporary or you thought God was going to heal you from that you're still battling through. Maybe you're still dealing with some of the repercussions of the decisions that you've made. What happens when you get to the point where you're dealing with the, you're living in the gap between your expectation and your reality? Some people would call that disappointment. 
But really and truly, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to grow. It's an opportunity for you to see God move. And that's not preacher talk. That's not hype. That's truth. And I'm going to show you this truth today through the story of Elijah. Now, Elijah is a great story. It's an it's, it's awesome story. And, and so it really kind of comes for me in, in, I guess, four parts. And so we're going to highlight some of those parts. And this is the precursor to Elijah going and defeating the, the 850 false prophets. We, we've talked about that before, where he goes and, and uses his spiritual gift of sarcasm and you know, he's agging on the, the false prophets. He's like, hey, well, maybe, maybe your God's in the bathroom. Maybe you should scream a little louder. Maybe you should do. And, and so he just ags them on and he prays a short prayer. God sends heaven down, fire down from heaven and the, the altar has been wet and it's just sopping up and, and God sends it down and consumes it all. And then he prays for rain. Well, before that, there was a king by the name of Ahab and he had a wife by the name of, anybody want to guess? We've talked about it, Jezebel. And, and, Elijah, God uses Elijah who was a prophet to tell that there's going to be a drought that's going to take place. And, and Ahab was not very happy about that. Jezebel really wasn't happy about that. So Elijah goes on the run and God says, he, I want you to go here. I want you to, 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 to rest under this tree by this brook, the stream that's going to go and the ravens are going to bring you food every single day, twice a day. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to provide for you. And here's the problem with that. What happens when you feel like you're living in the promise and you're being obedient to what God called you to do and you're doing all the things you're supposed to do and you're sitting by God's provision in the brook, you're sitting by God's provision under the tree and the raven stops coming and the brook dries up. What happens when you're living in the gap between your expectation of what God's going to do and how it's going to be and the reality of your situation? What happens when you feel overwhelmed? What happens when you feel like you can't go anymore? What happens when you feel like you've just had enough? Anybody ever been here? Or maybe you're here, right? Put it up to here with you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about life. What happens when you feel like you're doing all the things you're supposed to do and God has provided and then your brook dries up? That's what happened to Elijah. So Elijah's there. The raven's bringing the food. The, the brook is providing water. There's a drought going on in the, in, the, in the country at this time, in the region at this time, so there is no rain. Everybody's dealing with hard times because there is a drought going on. Brooks dried up, raven has stopped. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Okay, so he says, Leave where you are, go to where I'm telling you to go. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So just because of what you see now, just because of what you've lived in the past, just because the brook and the ravens brought you food, listen to me, sometimes circumstances change and the brook dries up does not mean God's provision dries up because God will continue to provide. Before Elijah went, 
God had already prepared a widow to provide. But we're going to see how that story plays out. So he, Elijah, rose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now, this is important. So Elijah shows up, sees the widow, says, hey, will you bring me a drink of water? And by the way, while you're at it, will you bring me some bread? Important to remember that part. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. See the desperation of the situation. There is a drought that's been going on. She is gathering up a couple of sticks. She has a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, just enough to make one last meal. And here this man of God, this prophet shows up and speaks to her and says, bring me some water, which is scarce. And bring me a piece of bread. She says, making my last meal here for me and my son. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. That's important. You got your Bible. Highlight, circle, underline, first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son don't miss this Elijah shows up he sees her she's gathering a few sticks to prepare the last meal for her and her son Elijah says yeah you go ahead and do that but I want you to make a small cake of bread for me first then do it for you and your son. Now, if you're familiar with this story, you know what happens next. She goes, she obeys Elijah. She makes him a small cake of bread first, brings it to him, then goes, makes bread for her and her son. And if you're familiar with the story, you know what happens after that. The oil that she only had a little bit left to make one last meal never runs out. The supply was always there because she had the faith to obey God and to do it first. This is the principle of the first fruit. This is the principle of bringing the tithe to God. The first 10% of your income, bringing it and dedicating it to Him Listen to me. This is not a tithing message. It's a principle of God. Bringing the tithe to God first before you pay the bills, before you do the entertainment, before you do the dog food, before you do the things, before you pay the car, before you pay the house, before you do that first. And I am not trying to be cultish here. I'm just telling you what the tithe is in the first fruit. And he said, bring that first 
Because that takes faith. It takes faith to give God your best, the first fruit. It doesn't take faith to give God your leftovers. It doesn't take faith to give God whatever you got left over. Everybody got a junk drawer at home, right? Like you throw it in a junk drawer and you need something, you go scrambling through. That's what happens. That's what it's like when you're not giving God the first. You're just giving Him the leftovers. You're giving Him goodwill. Right? We all go to Goodwill and use the clothes, the couch, the things we don't use anymore. We just put it in a trash bag. And and yes, I would like a receipt for that, please. Right? For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry. Until the day the Lord sends rain on earth. So here I am, I'm telling you, I am the one that predicted the drought. I am the one that the Lord spoke to say that there was going to be a drought. You see the circumstance. You see the physical problems. You see the physical scarcity of the oil and the flour. But what I'm telling you is if you do this first and you put God first and you have faith to put God first, The Lord God of Israel says it shall not run dry until the Lord sends rain. Your temporary circumstances will not last forever. What you're going through now will come to an end. and God will see you through if you put Him first. You got to put God first. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. God is always true to his word. It is why you. You know what I would love to see? Can I just tell you what would make my heart happy? Can I just tell you, if you want to make my day one day, like bring your Bible to church. That would make my day one day. Not your phone. I'm thankful for the Bible app. I've shared that. I've done that. I use that all. But like your Bible. Like bring your Bible to church. And a pen and a highlighter, man, that would make my day. We have to have the habit of God's Word in our life. We have to make God's Word priority in our life. If we do not make God's Word a priority, we will not know what He is saying to us. One of the ways, one of the primary ways God speaks to us is through His Word. And we are so blessed to have it written. We're so blessed to be able to have it on our phone. We're so blessed to be able to pull open and read and do. and Don't neglect God's Word. So here they are, they're living this life, they're doing their thing. But what about Elijah? So let's look at the two two people in our account here. I I don't want to call it a story because it's not a fairy tale. This is something in the Bible that happened, right? So what are the two people? You got Elijah and you got the widow. Elijah was by the brook, the raven was bringing. There's some things that he had to do. 
So when your brook dries up, when you get to the point where you're living in the gap between your expectation and reality, you could even be obeying God, living His promise, living by His provision, and then the brook dries up. The very provision that God gave you dries up. It's time for an inventory. Anybody work anywhere where you got to do an inventory? So I worked for a supply company way back when, way back when, and the building was one million square feet of product. And once a year, what did we have to do around December? We had to do inventory. Because the reality is you can think you have 100 widgets, but you only have 75. You got to take inventory of that and you got to account so that you can do what? You can adjust. And for some of you, listen to me, it's time for you to take inventory of your life. We're God, we're, like where God lines up in your life and in your priorities. My parents' generation was the generation that had their priorities straight. God, family, everything else. Now, it's not the case. God is not top priority. He's somewhere in the mix. And our priorities change depending on what's going on, depending on what season it is, depending on what circumstances are happening in our life. Sometimes it's football season. Sometimes it's our favorite team. Sometimes it's just our problems. Those are the biggest priority in our life. And we don't include God. We don't put God there. Sometimes it's time for us to take an inventory. It's not time to shrink back and cower down and, and to build, your, you know, build an igloo around yourself and just be a hermit, put your head in the sand. Sometimes it's time for an inventory and ask, what am I doing that got me here? The thing that I would ask you is, how is your spiritual life? When your brook dries up, Elijah had done nothing wrong but obey. Hear me. Elijah had done nothing wrong. He obeyed God. He, he, he did exactly what he said. He said what he was supposed to say. He did what he was supposed to do. He went where he was supposed to go. Listen to me. Sometimes your brook dries up because God's got somewhere else for you to go. And it's time for an inventory. And so what I would ask you as your pastor, what I would ask you as your friend, how is your spiritual life? How is your time with God? In His Word and in worship. Are you serving? Are you giving? Are you putting God first in your finances? Because boy, that's a big one. And what's your community like? Who are you surrounding yourself with? And are you making that a priority? Sometimes you just got to take inventory. I hate this one. Sometimes you just have to wait. I, I am not a patient person. Patience is not on the list of my virtues. I realize that I'm a very impatient person. And I hate to wait. Listen to me. Waiting, when you're talking about waiting on the Lord, we've talked about this before, isn't waiting, sitting, right? 
It's waiting and serving. It's like the waiter at the, the restaurant, the waitress at the restaurant you're going to go to after service. It's serving. It's doing. It's staying in the vein of what God's called you to do because you're continuing to obey. You're continuing to work. You're continuing to do the things that you need to do in your spiritual life. Sometimes there's a time to wait. Sometimes God says, your brook dried up. Listen, just got to wait. Sometimes God says, listen, there's going to be a drought. Hey, the rain is coming, but right now you just need to wait. Come on, God. Let's do something else. Right? Sometimes the answer is to wait. 1 Kings 17, 8 and 9 says, we read this already. Then the word came to him saying, Arise, go, dwell there. I have provided a widow. When he got there, did the widow know? Can I just tell you something? This may be a revelation for some of you. Just because you don't know, don't mean God hadn't already decided. Just because He didn't clue you in, doesn't mean he hadn't already done. Just because you haven't heard, doesn't mean he hasn't already spoken. That's for somebody today. The widow didn't know, but look. God said, I have commanded a widow. It's already done. It's already done. So, this brings us to the third point. Sometimes you got to do inventory. We're going to do that next week, by the way. And I'm going to say I love you all a lot because it's going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to wait, serve, do, keep doing the things. Sometimes it's time to move. What have we learned in our, in our study of Mark? The disciples listened. The disciples learned. The disciples sat under Jesus. They traveled with Jesus. They heard Him preach. They watched Him minister. They helped Him and assisted Him. But there came a point in time where Jesus said, all right, all right, boys, go. And they had to do it on their own. Sometimes God dries your brook up here because He's got something else for you there. And Elijah went from receiving, 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 because he went to the widow because she needed him to survive. God told Elijah, go because I've provided. I've instructed a widow. I got news for you. It wasn't for Elijah. It was for her and her son. Because they were about to eat their last meal. And because of Elijah, because he obeyed, because she put him first in faith, the oil and the flour never ran dry. And then in that story, by the way, to add things on top of it, to make matters more difficult, her son dies. What? You said the prophet? Huh? Thought I was fixing my last meal. You're providing this miracle of, of the oil and the, and the flour never to run dry. And it wasn't like it was overflowing, y'all. It was just never, never, never empty. Sometimes God gives you enough to keep you going. We want abundance every time. Not the way it works every time. And then this, her son dies. 
But because she had obeyed, because the man of God was there, Elijah goes, prays for the boy, and he's raised from the dead. God used him to do something he was incapable of doing on his own. Why? Because he was obedient. Why? Because she was obedient. Because she put him first. When your book dries up and you're living in the gap between your expectation and reality, you got to take inventory. You may think things are one way. And we, we get this a lot in the South, okay? Because everybody's a somebody. Here's what I mean by that. Hey, man, are you, you a Christian? Yeah, man. My grandma went to church. Yeah, man. This is to be their answer, by the way. You a Christian? Yeah, man. Uh, I grew up going to... Or they'll say, yep, I'm Baptist. Oh, yeah? When was the last time you went to church? Hmm? You may think you're spiritual, but when you take an inventory, you realize you're, you thought you had 100 widgets, but you only have 25. Inventory. Sometimes God says, wait. And we know that doesn't mean sitting with our legs crossed, twirling our thumbs, watching reels and Netflix. That means serving. Continuing to read, continuing to worship, continuing to give, continuing to serve, continuing in making godly community a priority. Sometimes it's time to move. Sometimes your brook dries up because it ain't about you. Sometimes your brook dries up because you're comfortable where you are. And God says, I got somewhere else for you to go. Someone else needs me to move more than you do. And you know what? For whatever reason, God decided to use His creation to minister to others. And if you're just sitting on your hands and you're not doing anything, then God cannot use you. And that widow, that person may just be doing without because God's called you. We are not called to be passive. We're not called to be spectators. Sometimes God calls us off the bench to get into the game. That's what he did with the disciples. Amen, Pastor, I know. The widow, though, her obedience cost her something. Like it cost her something. Here's what I mean. Her faith, obedience, and sacrifice activated God's blessing. Please don't miss this. I need to say this right now. I don't think this is me being mean. I don't think this is me being plain. I'm looking at my wife for a reason. I don't think this is me fussing. I feel like it's the Holy Spirit. I want to say it the right way. If you're going through hell right now, 
your circumstances are just too much to bear. Church is not what needs to be cut. Maybe it's the bottle in the refrigerator or the thing in your pocket or the place that you go or the people you're hanging out with. You might be able to find temporary relief in those things, but you will never find fulfillment. That only comes from God. There, I said it. Her faith, obedience, and sacrifice activated God's blessing. She put God first because it took faith. She obeyed. She went and did. And she made a sacrifice. Why? Because she trusted God. She gave to God first. I'm not going to stay here. I think I've covered that. Faith. Jeremiah 2.13 For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Jesus saying, I am the living water. I'm going to explain what that means. Like, that's going to be a really good message. You need to be here for that. So God says, you've forsaken me the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, jars, pots that can hold no water because they dig them in the ground and they get holes in them and they run out. What is he saying? He's saying that you've, you've got living water over here. You've got water that never runs dry. And I know I talked about when your brook dries out, but we're talking about what comes from God. His provision never runs dry. You got living waters over here that's fountains that springs up and and supplies all the time, but yet you are settling for what you can hold and what you can see. And you're taking jars and you're putting water in there and you're putting it back because you have no faith to trust in me. We have a lot of that going on in our society right now. And I just tell you, That what God wants from you is He wants your faith, your obedience, and your sacrifice. Because God says, 1 Samuel, to obey is better than sacrifice. The obedience has to come first. And that scripture, to obey better than sacrifice, (laughs) that doesn't mean that you're not going to have to sacrifice. Following Jesus doesn't mean everything's going to be great. No problems here. That's not reality. And you're probably not a four-year-old. So you shouldn't expect it to be. But when we're walking with God, He has already provided. Listen to me. He has already provided told Elijah to go because I've already provided. The widow didn't know yet. But it didn't mean God hadn't already decided. Amen? Stand with me.
Online in the room, listen to me. Podcast, listen to me. You're not here, you're not listening, you're not watching by mistake. Don't turn it off. God cares about you. My heart is so heavy for you right now. My heart is broken for the people who have walked away from God, from His relationship with Him, and from the church. My heart is broken. You can cut off that branch, and it'll look alive for a while, but eventually it's going to wither up and die. But it's not getting fed. For those of you who are listening, watching, and in the room, we have to start taking our role seriously. Because there are people who have walked away or don't even think it's important to be. One day, it's going to matter because we're all going to stand before God and have to give account. So I'm asking you to join me in praying for those who are far from God. And then I'm asking you to make the things of God a priority. Let's come back in here next week. Let's bring back out the office chairs. Let's reach people for Christ. But disciples have to grow. And church is not the thing that needs to be cut. How is your spiritual life? Take inventory. That's the start. Amen? Heavenly Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. Now, God, we've heard a sobering word today, but it's faith-filled, I hope. And God, I just pray that you would help us. If we're living in the gap of expectation and reality, that it not be the gap of disappointment, but God, it be the bridge of faith. Because we're putting our trust in you. Help us to take inventory, God. Help us to know that you're in control. And God, put upon our heart to move. Give us direction. Be with the people who are hurting right now. Be with the people who are overwhelmed right now. Holy Spirit, convict those who have walked away from you, God. And God, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen. I love you guys. I really do. And I hope and pray for you that you would just grow in your relationship with Christ. Man, don't neglect the things of God. Don't neglect your relationship. So we've got Vision Sunday next week. I hope that you'll make next week a priority. Bring somebody with you. Okay? It's going to be a great time. It's going to be an impactful message. So, Be safe this week. We love you. We'll see you on Sunday.